You're listening to the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, episode 22. And this week, I have a very special episode for you, an interview with Michelle Mitchell. Michelle is an award-winning speaker, best-selling parenting author. And in this episode, she is going to drop a ton of advice, experience, and tips for anyone with a teen who often puts themselves under a lot of pressure in their study and is going to be talking specifically around the well-being of teens who may be feeling the stress as we get to those finals and end-of-year exams. I'm Katie Jones, and with over 15 years in education as an award-winning high school teacher, international external examiner, and as a study coach, I've helped thousands of students skyrocket their results and confidence. And this podcast is where I share all my insights, tactics, and tips with you, the parent, so you can help your hardworking team get happy, smart, and successful in their study, and have you both enjoy the journey along the way. This is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast. Hello, my VIPs. I have a very special podcast episode for you today. I have our very first guest on the podcast as well, Michelle Mitchell. Michelle is an award-winning speaker and best-selling parenting author. She is highly sought after for her compassionate and grounded advice for parenting teens. And this is what I really want to dive into today and why I invited Michelle onto the show, because... I feel like I have a lot of the tactics and strategy from the education and assessment point of view to help students with preventing or reducing or overcoming their stress and overwhelm in their study. But Michelle, having started out her career as a teacher, had a much stronger passion and interest in that pastoral and well-being side of things and then transitioned from teaching over 20 years ago now, so a ton of knowledge and experience here for her to share, to found the service charity Youth Excel, delivering life skills programs and psychological services to young people and their family. And today is doing even more amazing things, many of which are going on right now, I know. So I really want to say a big thank you, Michelle, for taking the time to be here. Welcome to the show. Katie, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. I know that you have lots going on and lots of amazing projects. And actually, the thing that sparked me to invite Michelle onto the show was an email I read from Michelle um, just a couple of weeks ago. And it was all around, you know, the stress and the pressure that our teenagers are facing today. And particularly at the moment, you know, we're getting into either end of year exams or those finals. So that is why I've invited Michelle on because she is definitely going to be able to give us some wisdom and some understanding as to what is going on there and how we can best support those teenagers along the way. Because I should say, I am not a parent myself. So I think Katie, in that email, I was talking to year seven parents, particularly just imploring them a little bit to set up the, not only the study habits, but the right mindset right in grade seven. Because when we see kids leave high school here in Australia, we're literally seeing them like they almost collapse over the finish line. And they've used every ounce of energy and more. And I'm seeing so many kids with fatigue viruses and just needing to take a year off, not as a gap year to explore themselves, but a gap year to recoup. And we really don't want them to expend themselves to that point. And so that's that's my passion for this topic. Absolutely. Anything we can get going 
early on to really set them up and being able to tackle everything that faces them and do it in a proactive or positive way that really builds their resilience and their ability to deal with these things that are thrown at them. And I know also, especially given that, you know, the title of this podcast is Parents of Hardworking Teens, so many teenagers are putting themselves under that pressure and not necessarily in a bad way. Like they just want to do well. They want to do their best. So what are some of the things that you've seen where students are either under that stress or pressure and where do you think that might be coming from? I think this is a really good place to start because for some kids, they don't give a rip about exams. In fact, the mark on that exam or that assignment correlates in no way to the career that they want and they're not assigning it to their self-worth. But we're talking to families that potentially their child is recognising that there's a certain number, there's a certain grade they absolutely need in order to pursue the career they want to pursue in the way they want to pursue it. So there's lots of pathways and we all know that, but there is there is that sort of streamlined pathway to say they want to get into medicine or law or engineering or teaching something that definitely needs a degree. And there is so much on the line for our kids in that moment, no matter what we tell them about their worth being bigger than that mark, or there's so many other ways to get there. The truth is they're going for it at that point. They've set themselves a goal and they're hoping to get it over the line. Now it's those kids that I worry about the most because they're carrying that weight of that pressure. And then the disappointment, if it doesn't come across the way they hope it does. Yeah. And and what they make that mean, for, you know, for themselves, whether it's for the future or about themselves, I completely, completely agree. And I actually spend a fair bit of time often reminding students and parents that some levels of stress are a completely normal and actually in some situations you can actually be helpful at a certain level Mm -hmm. so have you got any tips or advice on you know how to sort of are there any markers to look out for like when things are hey like this is all okay this is just part of the experience Mm -hmm. or when it is creeping up into more sort of detrimental or harmful levels and how we can help maybe keep some of those things in check Yeah, maybe the most valuable thing that I found um, when working with one-on-one with say year 11 and 12 students particularly, especially in my mentoring days, I would say to them, give me a number. Because when we say to a teenager, how do you feel? Or how are you going today? Or how's your study going? And they're really busy. You're inviting a conversation, but those words take time and they take energy um, and they don't necessarily want to go through that whole process. So I would recommend that parents say to kids, give me a number. One could be totally crap. Ten could be amazing. And the moment they are under five or their number comes up under five, then that's a time where we can step up a little bit more with some of the strategies we can talk about and lend a hand. Sometimes they look like they're floundering, but they're just under a lot of pressure. And there's so much that's normal about that. And they're saying to us, I've got it. What I think is important is that they give us a number for their heart and their head. And the head number is more the logistics. Are you on top of things? You know, how's your time management going? You know, all this study stuff we learn at school and they have mounds of this in school. But then the heart is how you're emotionally feeling. Um, and is there anything, you know, going on in your world outside of exams that's, that's like um, compounding stress and added problems? So I think heart and head numbers can be really helpful too. 
I can I love that like because I'm such a I'm actually a real numbers person myself and I think it can be like you said it's even a challenge sometimes just to verbalize you know well how are they thinking or how are they feeling and just being able to apply a number to it really means that they can like you said without feeling like they need to get into a huge thing they can give a response and being able to even for for the students to realize like like you said the logistics the head stuff is sometimes you know they are interlinked and sometimes they can be quite different and covering both of those bases I think is great because sometimes yes like maybe the deadlines are in order but actually emotionally they're not in order at all not sleeping or I've just had a fight with my best friend or I'm worried about not attending that party on the weekend because I've got to study do you want a funny story um my my son he's an engineer now so he's 24 but I remember his final year of school and clearly the load was getting too much you know and he was a a five out of ten or four out of ten at times and I'd be like how are you what can I do to support you you know as we do and we try and load bear for our kids we we try and step in and say hey can I pick up some of the slack how can I help he gave me two things that would be helpful listen to them so gorgeous so typical of our boys too number one can you not talk so much (laughs) oh god this would that would be the if I had kids that's what they would say to me Second one is, can you can you pack me a really good lunch every day so I don't have oh, to think about that? Yes. And I made up a batch of lasagna, and he was he was heating up lasagna in the the common room at school, you know, the art room or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and he he needed his food, and I was in charge of that, and I felt helpful, mm-hmm. and it helped me, um, I think, manage some of my nervous energy because I could see he was really invested. They don't need our energy on top of their energy. Yeah, that's so true. And that's a sign for him every single day that, you know, you've been thinking of him. And like you said, it's something you can do that just gives that extra support in an emotional and in that case, a physical way as well, which is kind of nice. And I know like it's really there's a couple of great things that you mentioned there that I want to pull out. And one of them was around, you know, that that life balance. Are there any particular things that you've come across or seen or like you said, experiences that you've had on how we can help teenagers maintain that life balance, especially, you know, as we mentioned earlier, for those students who will have that tendency to want to study, you know, all hours because they feel like, you know, it's never enough or I want, like you said earlier, that particular number or that particular grade for whatever reason that they want it without, you know, I think sometimes it's tempting to just tell them like, oh, you know, just take a couple of hours off or whatever. And that can be challenging. So you got any advice around that? Absolutely. Okay. My mind wanders to so many kids and how unique they are. And I think self-awareness is the key. I think in school, they learn, this is the way that you study the best. And this is how your brain works the best. And, but really our brains work the best when they're calm and we feel courageous because we're asking kids to take a risk during study time. And so they've got to be able to dial in and say, how do I get my peak performance out of me at a set time? So 10 a.m. on Friday morning. And for them to do that, they often haven't had enough life life experience to realize, to conserve energy, to not burn out too quick and to to be managing themselves in that lead up to things. So it's really, really important that we listen to what works for them. Some kids do cram uh, well, (laughs) and then others like to be planned quite a way ahead. Um, I knew a boy who used to run before his exams to get into, he wanted to do finance. He needed really, really high marks, very bright kid, but he used to get up four o'clock in the morning and go for a really hard run before a, say, a, a, you know, eight o'clock exam in uni and it would work for him. 
So I think we really need to throw it back and listen to our kids, but help them realize they've got to span this out and peak at a certain time. The second thing I learned um, from watching young people, especially through uni, was this. What can I let go of? And Mm. to the point of when the pressure is really on and they have to choose between doing four assignments out of five or they have to choose between fulfilling five criteria instead of six criteria. And I've watched some kids leave off aspects of an assignment that were low grade, so Mm -hmm. 10% of their marks because they knew the other aspects would get it over the line and they just had to make those hard decisions. And that's hard for our perfectionist kids to let go of completing an assignment well. But at the end of the day, it, it just doesn't matter as long as they get the marks and get it done. And, you know, like my face starts lighting up because I'm like, yes, this is the exact stuff that I then will help them with. It's like, OK, let's figure out like, you know, which part is the stuff that's going to really matter and which stuff doesn't really. So that they can be essentially like more strategic about what they're doing, what they're choosing not to do and what will give them maximum payoff while still maintaining, you know, their sanity <laughs> and everything else that's going on in life. It's even this idea that it's OK to let go. And it's okay to say no. And it's okay to um, have priorities during that time. So in normal circumstances, they might complete every criteria, but during high pressure times, they're able to make those calls and know when enough is enough for them. And whatever that be, enough is enough for them. It might be worth mentioning here too, when we talked about how every kid is so unique, um, some kids, if they don't go out and socialize and let off a bit of steam during an exam block, they won't peak at the right time because they'll be low in the chemicals their brain needs to stay at its peak place. Then other kids, the emotional energy of socializing in exam block tips them over the edge and they'll blow a fuse if they do it. So it's it's just little little nuances like that that I think we need to really drill into. Yeah, that that's so true. And And I think that's where, you know, parents do know their own children best. And like you said, some students will really, you know, thrive on having that social time to decompress and enjoy that interaction. And for other students that can, you know, add to the pressure or there, you know, takes more energy out of them rather than refills their energy and knowing, you know, what things are going to help your team, like Mm. you said, peak at the right time and, you know, fill them up as opposed to deplete them is going to be really useful. It's all about them zoning into themselves as well. Mm -hmm. So this is a completely selfish few weeks. We all revolve around them. Um, and, And the more they're able to really be aware of what's making them tick in those times, the easier they will study as they go on. What tips me over the edge? What do I need? What don't I need? And giving them the opportunity to make those decisions and try things out. Yeah. And I think those questions, I was actually just about to say, like, what are some questions we could ask them? Or how, like, what's some way that they, like a little exercise they could do? And you literally just said it. Like, those are the questions. Those are just the quick couple of things for them to identify for themselves. And that gives them some ownership over that as well. Some of the practical questions we could ask is like, are you, are you best in the morning at night? And let's make sure that the house works for that. It's just saying to them, how does your body work? Are you you better if you go for a run and get those endorphins going? Um, And it depends how much they want it too. It's like an athlete. How much do they want to push themselves? And some of these high-performing kids are high-performing in a lot of areas. So they're using the skills they learn in sport and bringing it over to their exams and vice versa. Absolutely. And I see that a lot with students. And that's where a lot of that 
pressure on their time comes from because they've got a lot of other commitments going on as well. And they want to do it all, but they can't do it all at once. So, and I think that's another real key conversation point at maybe when they're saying I'm level five, we go, okay, what do we let go of? And it might be a bit of quality mm-hmm. with their, their work. It might be social things. It could be a range of things, but what am I going to let go of right now? Yeah, I think it reminded me, I remember saying, I cannot remember at all where I heard it or who I heard say this, but it was kind of, you know, a good lesson for life, especially in this sort of, you know, the have it all type of, you know, mentality that we seem to live in today. And it was, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's such a helpful little mantra yeah. to hold on to. Sometimes they have multiple interests as well. So the the and talented kids are stretching themselves in a lot of different ways. And they often have the mentality that they've got to be excellent at all of them. And I think that is one mindset that we need to really keep challenging. And also maybe, whereas some kids need the mantras of, you know, work hard, (laughs) some other kids need the the opposite and they need go, it's okay to let go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think that I I can definitely relate to that, you know, myself as well. So I can, I can totally see where that's coming from. And, you know, we've talked, we often talk a lot about, you know, the stress that the students are under, but as you mentioned earlier the parents often end up feeling just as much stress and anxiety as their teens who are actually going through either the trials and tribulations with them or the stress of you know because their teen wants to get those results then the parent just wants them to get them because they just want them to have that feeling of you know success or pride or whatever else it is that's going on for them Mm -hmm. so do you have any words of wisdom to help parents navigate this journey as well If we can't let go of the outcome first, they will never be able to. And we carry a tone oftentimes when we're supporting kids. And it's almost like we put, uh, you know, so much of ourselves on the line or that it's, it's unhealthy for them. And I think we've got to keep reinforcing to ourselves that their journey is bigger than a moment. This is a lifelong journey. And we've got to detach from it emotionally a little bit. I see this a lot with parents. I really do. It's almost like they're living through their kids or they don't want their kids to feel the pain and disappointment that comes when you work hard for something and you don't get there. Um, I'm particularly thinking of one boy at the moment who tried multiple times to get into an internship. And every time he went for this internship, um, the you know, the whole family went into a little bit of stress um, and mortycoddling him a little bit too much and trying to be supportive, but it was nervous energy. So I think we need to just be really mindful and just shift, shift it off outcomes. They're going to be okay. I think, I think that's it because I think, for the parents, like every parent will tell me, look, I don't mind what result they get. And yeah. a phrase that I touch on quite a bit often is this whole, like, just do your best. Because yeah. it's like, but what if they do, you know, this is that whole thing that drives them working harder and harder and harder. Because then it's like, well, I've got to do my best. And yeah. then, like you said, let's just say, what if that best isn't what the student hoped it would be? Then you've got to deal with the disappointment. And it's never about the grade. You know, parents know that the, the result is not what this is all about. It's not about a number or a letter. It doesn't mean anything about your self-worth or how good a person you are, or, or even, you know, your later career opportunities, like we mentioned right at the start, there are so many pathways, mm-hmm. but it's because they feel 
attached to the emotion that their teen is going to experience as a result. Are they going to feel successful? Are they going to feel proud? Are they going to feel excited? Or are they going to feel, you know, disappointed or deflated? And that's the outcome that we're talking about here. And especially when we're putting so much into something, we're wanting something to fill us back up in return. And so when we've put so much of ourselves into something, we're sort of standing there with open hands. And if nothing comes, it's a dry feeling. It's awful. But it, If they're kids that want to achieve things um, in life, it's not the only time they're going to feel that. They're going to have a shot at a lot of things that don't come off. And so we're talking about them taking risks and realizing that sometimes they're going to win, sometimes they're going to lose. They're not always going to stand on top of that mountain. And when parents say to me that they don't care about the results, but their body language is telling me other, I think we don't realize sometimes how emotionally invested we are and how much we're carrying our kids' stress. Yeah, and I think really then it, it, is that then we're really, what we're really saying then is it's okay for them to feel that disappointment if something doesn't go exactly to plan. And what would you say to parents in terms of how do we, how do we help them get through that? Like, let's just say they do get it. They've worked really hard and they do end up with a result that they are personally, like, I know some students who are going to be unhappy with an A minus. Whatever that is, whatever disappointing is for them, Mm -hmm. how can we help students, you know, get through that or whatever the right, I don't even know, get through it is the right way to phrase that because that's probably also putting that negative spin on it. But Mm -hmm. what are some ways that parents can help in a meaningful way that still helps them move forwards in those sorts of moments? Our language is really important. And I think even saying to kids, just do your best, what they define as their best is a really interesting thing to unpack with a teenager. So I think our language leading up and how we communicate with our kids on the whole about their life and how they conduct themselves becomes really important. Not only are they not a number, but I think we've got to really be honest with ourselves and say, they're putting themselves out there to achieve something. Maybe we can keep the disappointment to that one area or that one section of their life rather than it defining who they are as a whole person. And I think that's where that subtle change in language comes in. They're disappointed about a result. They're disappointed about a particular outcome, but they are not a disappointment. And just to follow I can't help myself, just to follow on from that one point, if we don't, or if we avoid saying, you know, just do your best, are there any other things that you think are helpful to mm-hmm. say to students who are, you know, in maybe their lead up to exams? Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you why. Your best on one day is different than your best on another day and another day. So I gave my best today based on where I'm at. And I've really had to learn this with public speaking as well, because some days you're on fire and you're funny and you're brain sharp and you nail it. And then sometimes you feel like you walk away and it's a bit of a B standard and you're disappointed with yourself. And I have to, one of the things I say to myself is, no, that was my best for today where I'm at. And I'm a human being and I'm going to have those ups and downs. I think that's excellent like it can, that can just apply across so many different situations so Michelle we have covered so many <laughs> so many areas and I know there's gonna be so much helpful information and advice and experience and stories we love a story in all of that is there anything that we haven't mentioned or haven't covered off on that you think would be useful to share 
I think maybe just the use of technology during exam times and also the added drama that can come when they're taking on their friends' pressures as well and how that real that is for teenagers and that we've almost got to leave a bit of margin and buffer for that because that's how teenagers are wired. I feel like it's an area of their life that um, during exam time we kind of isolate it and make it about exams, but their social life goes on. And if, if, if Mary's struggling because she's stressed out about maths tomorrow, they carry a piece of that. So yeah, just being really conscious of that too. And even asking kids, how are your friends going? And, and just being interested in that side so you can help carry that burden with them as well. Yeah, I, that's something that, you know, I can definitely take a lot from that just to help, you know, the students that I work with and talk with. So that is really helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time to share, you know, all your years of experience, your expertise. I really appreciate it. I know our listeners will really appreciate it. Michelle, if anyone wants to find out more about you and what you do, where's a good place for them to come find you? Just my website and and just socials. I'm always on socials these days, but so it's michellemitchell.org. And yeah, I just try and put out as much free content on socials as I can with videos and blogs just to help parents along the way. Okay, so anyone who's interested in going to find out more, please head on over there. Thank you again, Michelle. It's been so good to chat with you. Everyone have a wonderful week and we'll see you on the podcast next week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you head on over to www.rocksolidstudy.com and sign up for my free parent guide. The three huge mistakes even smart students make in exams and assignments and how to fix them immediately. And I'll see you back here next week.